the tempest what do we have here certainly not a regular drama with strong dramatic situations a magician on an enchanted island which can only by courtesy be said to exist it's a pure web of fancy shot with delicate hues a baseless fabric of vision the enchanted island indeed peopled for a timeless moment by the strange fantastic medley of persons and of things has been adrift forever from common sense it has a sort of mystic spell a sacredness as the swan song of the mighty workman shakespeare was bored he was bored with real life bored with drama bored in fact with everything except poetry and poetical dreams these are some of the critical comments made by thomas campbell and lytton strachey and they are not alone the temptation to see the tempest as a romance is irresistible is not the play when you come to think of it of all shakespeare's plays the most mozartian the least amenable to discussion or explanations is it not more a dramatic poem in which the author seems to soar altogether clear of the world of meaning and common sense dover wilson asks us this question indeed the tempest is an extraordinarily obliging work of art it will lend itself to almost any interpretation any set of meanings that you impose on it it will even illuminate them notes and button more than hamlet even the play tempts us to fill in its blanks to create a history that will account for its action and most of all for its hero prospero we agree the surface appearance does point to romance but a close examination of the play reveals the contrary it's not a meaningless flight of elegant fancy nor is it a poetical fantasy of a bored man it's really one of the most intellectual of shakespeare's works reflecting on renaissance idols ideals it throws up ideas and reflections it provokes debates opens discussions to mention a few the conduct of real human beings practical good governance in a modern civilized state the influence of nature and nurture on molding individuals power the nature of power the right to rule it's a complex play which has provoked a range of readings stagings and responses in the course of his journey from the 17th century to the present this island is mine asserts caliban it's an unmistakable allusion and brings into the play not only the history of prospero's and caliban's deteriorating relationship but also the debates in the early modern period about the rights of conquest and colonization they are paralleled in the accounts of spanish and english dealings with the native population of north and south america inspired by the decolonization movement of the 60s and 70s in africa the caribbean and latin america 
the readings challenge more traditional interpretations of the play. Prospero's lordship of the island, his domination, began to be questioned. The role of Caliban changed perspective. Post-colonial criticism addresses issues of racial identity, equality, gender equity. For instance, look at Othello. Othello draws our attention to Renaissance attitudes towards the Moors, the Africans, the Turks, among others. But it also examines how the play may have been interpreted and performed in countries with their own historical baggage, countries which struggled against the colonists. For example, in South Africa, in apartheid and post-apartheid times. When we look at Shakespeare, in a way he was an export to the colonies. After all, cultural domination also meant European literature and language. That brings us to the question, how was the play perceived before the advent of post-colonial criticism? Well, the Tempest looked like an allegory of artistic creation. Prospero appeared as a wise, benevolent patriarch with a noble purpose. But all this changed. National liberation was imminent. The Africans and the Caribbeans were jubilant. From 1959 onwards, right through to the 70s, the Tempest was revised. Caliban's legitimate, unquestioned right to the island was mobilized and championed. This island's mine by Sycorax, my mother, thou takest from me, cries Caliban. And soon it became the rallying cry of the colonized world, of the intellectuals. Caliban's verbal blasphemy was applauded. His defiance was just celebrated. What about Prospero? How did the post-colonized world view Prospero? He was certainly diminished in stature. His supremacy, his domination, in doubt. Non-European races became emancipated, which showed Caliban in a different light. No longer a brute and an inferior and a savage. He was hailed as a defiant subject, an embodiment of any oppressed group fighting back courageously against the oppressor. The post-colonial reading and reception of the play would soon establish the Tempest as not historically innocent. Changing responses to Shakespeare's Tempest in the former Third World Anglo-American readings of the play all saw the depiction of the European confrontation with a native Caliban and literally to the discovery and settlement of the Americas. Now all this calls for a reappraisal of Prospero and Caliban's competing views of history and settlement of the island. The civilizing mission was strongly challenged. 
Miranda and Prospero justify their power by portraying Caliban as vile, savage, incapable of being civilized. The European colonies did the same. They also created the image of the other. And what was that? The colonized were seen as definitely inferior, without history, without culture. Franz Fanon says, to speak a language is to take on a world, a culture. Caliban no longer uses his own language. He is found to say, you taught me language. <laughs>